David Webb. Truth is the authority. This is Sirius XM Patriot. All right, let's get right back to it. Election integrity. We not only talk about it, we work with the people who are doing something about it. And I'm joined by Hans von Spakowski, manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and senior fellow at Heritage Foundation in the Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. Hans, good morning, my friend. How are you? Uh, David, I'm doing just fine. Thanks. So here we go again. You know, Hans, you are certainly one of the experts on this. So the misinformation being spread about the election security bill in Texas, uh, we've seen the escaping Democrats. We've seen all the, the optics, the images. Now let's deal in the facts. What's in the law? And is there a contrast to some of the other blue states? Oh, yeah. There's a, I mean, there's a big contrast to the blue states, which have almost no security in the election process, which makes it easy to cheat in those places. But look, uh, David, I, I was just cruising through the headlines from all these supposedly mainstream media sources, you know, CNN, elsewhere. And every single one of them says, oh, this is like the most restrictive uh, uh, voting bill ever passed. It's going to make Texas the most restrictive place in the country. But all of that is a complete and total lie. Okay. Now, Texas passed a long bill, but a lot of it has to do with, with protecting voters. And, and I'll give you an example of it. Te- Texas, Texas uh, for years has had this problem of people who aren't U.S. citizens registering and voting in the state. They've had prosecutions of that. So they put a provision into this bill that said, very simply, that um, the Secretary of State, who's in charge of the statewide voter registration list, has to enter into an agreement with this Texas Department of Motor Vehicles to start checking DMV records to compare them with state voter registration records to find people who, when they went to get a driver's license, produced documentation showing they're not a U.S. citizen. Now, why is that restrictive? Well, yeah, it's restrictive because it's trying to prevent aliens from illegally registering and voting. But think about the motive of Democrats who were so opposed to a provision like that, which is supposed to find uh, people illegally registered and voting, non-citizens, that they went all the way to Washington to avoid it. What does that tell you? It tells you they actually want non-citizens registering and voting. Uh, Another example of of this is, remember, David, what happened in last year's election. We had all these legally qualified observers getting thrown out of places like Philadelphia and elsewhere so that they couldn't see what was going on in the polling place. Now, transparency is essential to fair and secure elections. That's that's why the U.S. State Department sends observer teams to fledgling democracies all over the world. Texas strengthened its observer laws to basically say that election officials cannot throw people out. They can't put them into positions uh, where they can't see what's going on. They, They strengthened the law to say, obviously, observers can't interfere in the voting process. You know, they can't interact with voters. But this puts some discipline on election officials to make sure they don't do the same thing. Why would Democrats be opposed to that? 
Well, let's talk about this in an even somewhat historical context, Hans. You know, you go back to Motor Voter, the Clintons, you know, in the 90s, the idea that at that time we had less secure driver's license processes. You could get a driver's license back then with just about anything that wasn't even true proof of who you were or who you are. And that began this train of perversion of using Motor Voter voting and registration in one. When driver's license processes were strengthened post 9-11 with the provisions uh, for the Secure ID initiative out of the Patriot Act, that cut a lot of that off. But by then, the system had already been flooded with illegal voters, criminal voters, uh, not just illegal aliens, but all sorts of ineligible voters uh, for a variety of reasons. Today, where we are now, this sounds like the latest attempt by the Democrats to keep perverting the system. The question is, how effective have they been at it? And not just in Texas, but how do we begin to reverse it effectively? Well, look, I think you've actually summarized the situation exactly right. Um, They they have tried to to pervert the system because everything they've done... um, since the motor voter law was passed in the early nineties, the bill, the, the Clinton, the Clinton bill that he signed that we were just talking about, they have attacked state legislatures and state laws all over the country through litigation, other means to get rid of every safety and security measure that states put in place to try to protect the value of people's votes. I mean, that's why they, anytime a state puts in a voter ID law, they sue. You know, they've recently been trying to sue to prevent states from having things like witness signature requirements on absentee ballots. They've sued to prevent states from actually being able to clean up their voter rolls and take people off who've died and moved away. Every one of those actions shows that they want a loose system with no security. And why would they want that? Well, there's only one reason. Because it makes it easier to cheat and steal elections. You know, the local level, and I know we talk a lot about this on the big picture, you know, the media and at the presidential, and I would say even at the federal level. But as you and I have observed, and you've certainly analyzed and worked on over the years as well, the local elections are a long-term strategy for the left. When votes and or elections are decided by 50 votes, 300 votes, 1,000 votes. That's where this is most effective. So Texas's actions uh, need to be mirrored in many other states. Uh, What you've done with, for instance, voter roll cleanup in Pennsylvania, right? That another example of working on these issues locally. Are enough states, not just red states, but primarily red states, uh, working on this effectively? See, working on it is one thing that you and I, Hans, we both talked about being effective. You need wins. Some states are trying to do things about this. And you can see that in the legislative sessions just just ended, you know, in in, uh, April and May. In places like Florida, Georgia, now Texas, all of them have passed reforms intended to fix many of these problems. On the other hand, you have other states that are in terrible condition and don't want to do anything to fix this. And in fact, keep making things worse. California is probably one of the 
best examples of that. You probably saw recently that that police arrested a guy who'd fallen asleep in his car. And when they searched his car, you know, they found all kind of drugs. He's a felon. But they also found 300 uncompleted absentee mail-in ballots for the recall election going out there. We have no idea where or how he got those ballots. And given the fact that the state extended its COVID emergency rules and they mailed a ballot to every single registered voter across the state. Well, their their voter list is in notoriously bad shape because they do hardly anything to clean it up. Um, Just two years ago, Los Angeles was forced to agree that it hadn't done anything to maintain the accuracy of its voter list in like 20 years, and they agreed to take 1.5 million individuals off their voter list who were no longer eligible. Well, just think about hundreds, thousands of ballots arriving in mailboxes all over state, all over the state, in condominium complex, apartments. Who's going to get hold of those ballots? fill them out, send them in. Are election officials going to catch that it's not actually the voter? The chances of that are just about nil. You know, I I think the brutal reality of this, and please, Hans, correct me because I'd love to be wrong, but I think a brutal reality of this is we will not be able to go back close to 100% or even a significant percent and clean up the track from the 90s to now, from motor voter to now, you know, sometimes, as you say, you know, that's out of the barn, right? But now and going forward, and I would say even going back with the technology improvements or potential in our election system, we have a great ability to clean up. And I'm realistic about this. If someone is removed when they shouldn't be, things happen, cross records, backups are corrupted, whatever. We have a system for them to get back onto the voter roll properly. Uh, Do you think that approach, if enough Republican states and reasonable people work on it, will be effective enough, especially when it comes to state and lower elections? Yes, in the states that are willing to do something about it. Um, I I think they can clean up the system and make it make it much better as long as they have the ability to do that. And Congress doesn't pass, for example, H.R. 1, which is the the bill that failed in the Senate just a, a month or so ago, that is intended to basically federalize and take over the process from the states to prevent them from being able to clean up the system and, and do anything about this. And by the way, look, you're, you're right. This really is this really can affect local races because those races are often um, decided by a handful of votes. Look, six guys were just criminally indicted in Compton, California, for uh, voter fraud involving absentee ballots in their June city council elections there. And one of the guys indicted, by the way, was a a, a sitting member of the city council who got elected in June, he won his, his race by one vote. And there clearly was enough fraud committed by these six individuals to have changed the outcome of that election. 
This is a continuing battle, my friend. I can't tell you how much I appreciate and American people appreciate your efforts. Uh, We have to continue this. Take what's good, spread it even more, and win. You've put wins on the table, Hans, uh, you and your various initiatives, and we need those legislative wins, legal wins in action taken. So I always appreciate that. Thank you for joining me today. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, David. Hans von Spakowski, manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative, senior legal fellow in the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. We need wins. You can talk about it, write stories, but he puts wins on the table.